When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to a, another edition of Supercoach Edge, where we bring you all the insight, analysis, and the edge for season 2021. My name's Damon, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Liam. Now, going into the weekend, believe it or not, there was a little bit of chaos and a little bit of panic. Chaos? Hmm, that's unheard of, isn't it? Supercoach, chaos, and panic <laughs> on the uh, the eve of uh, Supercoach finals, leading into the first week of Supercoach finals, and um, yeah, I mean, COVID again was the uh, yeah. was the culprit. Yeah, there could have been potential for games being cancelled, but uh, as it turned out, the AFL weaved their uh, their little wand like Harry <laughs> Potter and uh, were able to move games around and, and shuffle them. And they did pretty well to uh, to get out the entire round. So um, there actually was a stage there where I thought that maybe maybe we'd be gifted uh, another trade or or two. Yeah, that would be nice. I think I think I sent you a message when it happened. And I was like. It trades incoming because <laughs> I know that you are you were out of trades and that was my one advantage, unfortunately. Yeah, yes, it was, it was indeed. But um, we'll get into whether or not that um, whether or not you dipped into your bag of um, of goodies yes. there. Um, that advantage. Let's find out before we delve into it. Uh, let's remind listeners where they can find us and hit us up across our social channels. Yeah, of course. On Twitter, you can find us at, at supercoach underscore edge. If you want to message or tweet Damon at DamonJ88, myself at Liam Evans underscore 95. On Facebook and Insta, just search supercoach edge and you'll find us there. Now, moving on to our first segment, and I'm just going to say this right from the outset. Bit of an upset. I didn't I didn't pick it. I think the, uh, the odds, if we were going to frame a market going into this week, given that uh, our run of form in our head-to-head has been win-loss, 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 for as long as I can remember now, uh, where I'd peg one back and then you'd go ahead and, and win the next one. And I reckon the odds would have been a dollar five for yourself and I would have been long odds. So I'm going to ruin it by saying that, yes, mm. I did upset the apple cart and uh, and bucked the trend. And actually it was, it was a little bit of um, a little bit of 
brightness in my weekend uh, that was. So let's delve into the uh, the ins and outs by introducing the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, in the good, the bad, the ugly, we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams have performed and the plays that stood out for both good and for bad reasons. I kick it off because, again, I'm on the wrong side of the ledger. And I'm going to be honest, I mean, my score wasn't great. So I had a 2,493, which was another subpar week for myself. I only managed, yeah, that, that, that score, which did see me again fall down the rankings, 532 spots to 3,619. I've had quite a number of shockers in a row, to be perfectly honest. Um, but it's it's strange. Like, I looked at my team, and other than the two uglies, I guess, that I'll, I'll talk about, I can't really see anyone that really stands out as being a massive issue. And, and looking at, I guess, our scores, I think it was really the VC that affected it. You VC'd uh, Steele and took his 158. I VC'd McRae with his 131 instead, which, yeah, did, didn't help. Didn't help with uh, you getting to take over um, with the win this round. Um, but onto my trades this round, I did hold on to them this round and still maintain the two that I have. I did this knowing I had the double chance in both of my main cash leagues. Uh, that'll be different this round, obviously, after I lost both and am now in do or die mode. Uh, so I'll probably be using one, if not two, of those trades this week and just risk it for the biscuit. Uh, On to my scores for the round in the good. Uh, my highest scores for the round actually came from Zaki Merritt and Clayton Oliver, who and the, the latter there, Clayton Clary, who, believe it or not, I had the C on oh. until I decided to take McRae's 131 instead. Absolutely just devastating. That yeah. probably would have got me the win and would have not seen me fall <laughs> as far in the rankings, which is, it hurts, it hurts. Yeah. Sliding doors moment there. Uh, from there, I had hundreds from Lloyd, Daniel, Walsh, McRae, Laird, Parrish, Lyons, Gorn, uh-huh. Grundy, Hall, Zeeble, and your man... Maddie Kennedy. Yes. What a bounce back. Yeah, he really responded, didn't he? He responded to my little... I, I don't think... Did, did I go harsh on him? I can't remember. Yeah, you actually did. I remember. I was listening to it today, actually, because I was oh. like, oh, I wonder what you... Because uh, I know I know we would have spoken about The Rocket in this episode. Mm. And you said that you had trades up your sleeve and you weren't afraid oh, to wow. use them. And you also said, I don't care if you score 180s from here on out because I can say with confidence you're not going to be in my team in 2022. <laughs> well, I mean, I can still maintain that he's most certainly not in my team in 2022, <laughs> at least in the starting team. Maybe, I don't know, he makes his way in if he uh, scores 180s next year. Uh, but, yeah, he definitely responded to the Rocket, like a bit similar to, to Langford. I reckon Langford and mm. Kennedy just on the same level for both of us. Like, you know, one one's from your side, one's from my side. Whoever side they're not from gives them an absolute rocket every week, <laughs> even when they're scoring well. But no, no, Kennedy, Kennedy did pretty well as well. He was in the rock at one stage, I saw. Yeah. Um, so pretty happy with that. It shows how um, how much depth Carlton went to the game with in terms of <laughs> in terms of rock setup. But he actually did well. Like you know, he dropped down last week. You know, the, the big part yeah. of his decline in scoring was the fact that he only had thirty percent CBAs compared to eighty percent in round eighteen. 
And on the weekend, he got right back up to 69%. So, um, nice. yeah, it worked well. I think the return of, of Big H and Charlie Kerno as mm. well uh, helped him. And you'd think that that will continue for the uh, remainder of the season. So, yeah, I think he's a good pick. Good pick. And yeah. you noticed as well on uh, the official Supercoach yes, website, yes, yes. Uh, the, one of their articles was pointing out Kennedy as a potential in a bargain pick. So we're out of the pack. Someone that we obviously had uh, chatted about mm. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Wonder who's listening. Yes. Wonder who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> In the bad column, I'll move on. I've got Josh Dunkley, Whitfield, and my own Jordan Ridley. I put Ridders into the bad column just by virtue of the role he was playing on Tom Papley. The accuracy in the Don Swans game also did mean that there wasn't much of a chance to get those valuable points from kick-ins as well. Um, so I think I think it's probably just more of a down game just due to his role. Mm. I think it was a, a, a poor coaching choice, to be perfectly honest. And now let's move on onto the uglies. And I've got two. Tim Taranto, who's now on my never again list yep. and is at risk of losing his spot in my side this round as well. But we'll delve into that yep. a little bit you. later. And number two, Shea Bolton. Again, doesn't seem to be able to have a strong score if Richmond plays in a loss. Uh, I won't go so far as to say that he's a downhill skier, but... Uh, no, I would. Ooh, whoops, well, I like truly. <laughs> Those two were probably the two that I was most disappointed in, um, to be perfectly honest. Yep. Um, but anyway, let's let's chat. That's enough about my side, enough about my shocking scores. Let's, let's chat about yours, Damon. Well, like you said last week, the only way is up. So... <laughs> I, yeah, I know, but I went down. <laughs> you... you you actually bucked the trend in that respect, and I bucked the trend in our head-to-head yes. by winning. So, I mean, I, I, I thought you were actually going to bounce back because you might have used one of those two trades that you had left, but I think that was a part of the reason as to why I won. If you used both mm. of those, you would have beat me, and I think because you've still got those up your sleeve, I think this is sort of the height of how close I'm going to get to beating you this year, and we're keeping it close for the, uh, for the punters out there. Got to keep it. Uh, yeah, actually, keep it that's what I was doing. I was just I just <laughs> tanked a couple of weeks to uh, make it more interesting. That's that's the dedication I have to this podcast, Damon. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's exactly <laughs> right. And and uh, you've uh, fallen on your own sword there to to make me feel a little bit better. So thank you, thank you so much for that. <laughs> I wish I could say that was true. <laughs> <laughs> so on to the score. So yes, I did have a bit of a, a so so week. I'm going to call it. Scored two thousand five hundred and eighty eight, and hilariously slid nine ranking spots <laughs> to now sit three thousand six hundred eightieth overall which is only 61 spots behind your good self, Liam. So I've, I've uh, well and truly caught right mm. back, um, but too little too late, I think. And yes, it does sound like a bit of a you know half-decent score on the surface, but when it came to my league finals, it was a completely different story. So in two of my main cash leagues where I had qualifying finals, I drew opponents that scored 2,750 and 2,710 so I was well and truly out of it. I think even if I had a relatively good week in the 2600, I, I wouldn't have beaten them. So, and the, the one frustrating thing about this, both of these leagues, one of which is my own, my own $100 cash league. And I, I seem to just, I haven't won it yet. And I seem to falter when it comes to finals and this other league as well, which is mm. um, uh, called Hot Shots and... Uh, it's very big on the banter, as you know. Another guy that uh, listens yeah. to the show, uh, JP, as we'll call him, Jason uh, Padula. <laughs> uh, and 
yeah, I, I seem to just trip myself up heading into finals, going with a good run of form. But yeah, it continued my uh, my trend of ridiculously bad luck when it comes to league finals and my team fall into bits. But thankfully, the silver lining is I do have a double chance in both of those leagues. But yeah, gee whiz, it is becoming annoying year in, year out in both of those leagues. So get your shit together, DJ trade a lot. <laughs> there were a couple of positives, however, in a couple of other leagues, scoring a win to take me through to the prelim and another where I was victorious in my elimination final in nice. a, a quite nice, a competitive nice. league. So um, don't know how I will go in uh, that specific league uh, because it is quite competitive, but fingers crossed that, um, yeah, a couple of um, players that you spoke of can pull their fingers out and collectively deliver a score above 50, idiots. But I'll delve into those uh, uh, very shortly. So in terms of my trades, obviously don't have any trades to speak of. Um, but uh, yes, how I wish I had one or two trades up my sleeve because the couple of half wits that you mentioned in your ugly category <laughs> feature in my own. So um, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's extra incentive next year going into finals to to hold just hold at the least trades. Yeah, hold the trades, and I was planning to hold at least one, and uh, I probably would have uh, most certainly burnt it on one of these one of these guys heading into uh, the second week of the finals. But I can guarantee you I'm burning it on one of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> can you please give me the other trade so I can get the satisfaction of punting yeah. one of these half-wits <laughs> out of my team? <laughs> I'll lend you one. <laughs> yeah, please, please. Or can we? Can I just like come around to your place and it'll be an intimate moment because we'll both... Do you want to do it for me? I was going to say we could do it together where we both have our hands on the, on the mouse and click together... <laughs> I would get satisfaction out of that alone. It'd be really weird, I know, but like... Yeah, it would be good. It would be good. I mean, you could, you can just do it for me. I mean, I'll get the satisfaction of them not being in my side <laughs> and you get the satisfaction of trading them out. It's it's a win-win for both of us. And I was even saying really for you. on the weekend as well that the only guy that I could have screened their score of was Bianco because I think the other player I had was Madden, but he was playing on the Sunday, so I couldn't screen his score. So Bianco, I was like, as it turned out, Actually, let me just have a quick look at this. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think Bianco scored well. Uh, he scored actually 12 points less than Taranto. Oh, bloody hell. So I probably would have had a little bit of merit in um, in looping in Bianco's score, given Taranto was just putrid. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all right. I had Finlay McRae on my bench and Shea Bolton on field. What did Finlay score? McRae, Finlay, Finlay McRae, sorry. Just make sure that everyone <laughs> realises what I'm talking about. Uh, is... Scored sixty three, so would have would have been a better option than fifty six from Bolton, uh, and a fifty seven by Taranto. Oh yeah, would have been both of them. Bloody hell! <laughs> you would have would have maybe gone up in the ranks <laughs> 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 off the back of that. Anyway, uh, we digress. So let's. Um, I'll, I'll give them a good serving in a second. So onto the good. Thank you. Let's go through some positives to outweigh the bad. So uh, yes, I did back my gut and whack the VC on Steel first up, who delivered with a juicy one fifty eight. Uh, outside of the Man of Steel, uh, big positives came in the form of Merritt's 168, mm -hmm. who more than atoned from his down week for his down week last week. And uh, as I said, hold the faith. He was uh, super consistent. And uh, I know you were scathing on him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was having listened back to last week's episode and you, <laughs> you were scathing. I... <laughs> He wasn't quite in the ugly category, but... No, I don't think I put him in the ugly category. I put Parrish in the ugly category. Yeah. I, I gave Merritt a little bit of a... Just, just a bad. Just a bad. Yeah. But I was pretty disappointed. But he did. He did. Bounce back. Bounce yeah. back from my, my, my rant. Yeah. You're rocking it. It does work. It does work from time to time. 
Unless you're Langford, of course. Then you just go and injure yourself. Yeah, but uh, Merritt, absolute legend. Oliver was another who delivered the goods with a 166. Yes, the absolute pig in a trough. He just loves it. Of the rest of the great performers, like yourself, Liam, they were Lloyd, Daniel, Walsh, McRae, Laird, Lyons, Gorn, who bounced back nicely, Grundy, and also bounced back nicely, um, Hall and Jay-Z. So in terms of the bad, so taking again a leaf out of your book, Liam, Dunks, Whitfield, Ridley find themselves in the bad column. Also putting myself in this column, Liam, for going early on Dunks, despite knowing he would be, he's back into senior footy. But I know it was just the lure of being a pod that seduced me. And I uh, thought, oh, if he comes back and just smashes it out, it's going to give us you know a bit of a leg up. But um, now being a pod, his poor scores are actually hurting even more. Mm. So um, let's hope that his third game back brings with it a massive score. He is against uh, my mob, so yeah, I guarantee it. It could have been his uh, sliding doors moment for himself. Could have been his new team. Mm, true. Let's get into the, uh, the juicy column, the yes. ugly. Well, well, well. Firstly, Taranto. So if I had a trade, now I'm rolling with this again, this this empty threat, but if I had a trade, I would be saying, pack your shit and get out of my side. But thankfully for you, Taranto, I'm all out. Now, there are whispers that, uh, yes, he perhaps injured his shoulder, um, and that's part of the reason why his scores have declined and explains why he's laid a grand total of zero tackles over the past two weeks. But I'll probably aim my crosshairs at the coach just <laughs> as much. And we thought 11% CBAs were bad last week. Well, this week, he only had 7%, Liam. 7%. Yeah, so low. So I'm going to say a big up yours to Liam Cameron. <laughs> and I hope you enjoy your time remaining as senior coach of the Giants before you're replaced by Clarko. <laughs> so I'm going to say, I'm going to preempt it early and say pack your shit also and get the hell out of the Giants. But I'm only getting started, Liam. There's another guy here, <laughs> Bolton, who you mentioned as well. You absolute front-running squib. <laughs> I've never seen a player so incapable of standing up when their team needs them most. You know, he's the opposite of Dusty Martin. Now, Dusty, big moments when you need yeah. him. He's like Superman, rips open his, his jumper to reveal the S logo and the Superman outfit underneath. Mm. And, you know, Bolton could do the same thing. He's got an S on his chest, but it stands for squib. And that is him. So... He, I'm dubbing him the negative Dusty, the opposite Dusty, if you will. So granted, I know Bolton, his role has now seemingly changed because Prestia returned on the yeah. weekend and his CBAs did drop from 76 to just 12%. But yes, again, if I had a trade, he would also be getting the chop. You know what this reminds me of? Wendell is cut. Rudy is cut. Janie, you're gone. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. <sighs> Except you, you and you. <laughs> Feels like that was just that. But I, you know what? I wholeheartedly agree. And Bolton, the thing that gets me with Bolton as well is he had those 76% CBAs, but it wasn't like he scored well. Yeah. So it's not even a case of like, oh, he dropped from 12%. That's why he scored badly. He wasn't scoring well with 76%. Like it's, mm. it, it's a bigger issue. Um, that I think, as you stated, is sort of he's not stepping up um, when the team needs him. And it looks as though almost it's like a barometer style. If he doesn't play well, mm. they don't play well. If he does, if he, they're playing badly, he plays badly. Yeah, it doesn't bode well for, for him, given the, the Tigers are in the, uh, sorts, the current yeah. Yeah, form they're in. But um, anyway, let's move on to more positive news for me anyway, <laughs> because the running tally, Liam, 
Yes. Do you want to do you want to give the uh, the honors or would you like me to? No, you know what? you do it. You you haven't done it much, so yeah. you can have the honors <laughs> this week. Thank you, thank you. Because again, as I said, this is going to be as close as I get to actually eclipsing Hopefully. you. And it is really close because... Uh, it is. <laughs> yes, as I mentioned, I bucked our win-loss trend where, you know, you were winning every second week and now I've come as close as I have to close within 10 points of you, Liam. 10 points. This is the closest it's been since the start of the season. Yeah, but I think given you have trades to punt both the, uh, the aforementioned squibs in Toronto and Bolton, I think there's no doubt in saying that you're going to run away with the victory for season 2021. I do hope so. I'm confident. Really I'm do. supremely confident. So I, I, I have leveled the ledger. We're both 10 wins, 10 losses, keeping it competitive for the interest of the listeners. And I'm within 10 points. So I know it's going to end in heartbreak for myself, but I'm going to say on a week that uh, I was frustrated with my league finals. Thank you again, Liam. Thank no you. problem. No problem. <laughs> Glad to be of assistance. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I can pull pull it back. I don't know. I'm a bit flat after the last couple of weeks <laughs> with my super coach scoring. I think I had like a 350 point lead on you or something. <laughs> I've really you given it up. And that was like two weeks ago. Yeah, like it's, uh, that's all I have to say. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> the door was like so close to being shut. It was left just ajar, and I've just gone and just kicked it straight open, and I'm like, yeah. I'm back, baby. I feel like I just need someone to stand up for me and, you know, steady the ship. Captain's goal, uh, steady the ship. I think whoever you bring in at the expense of uh, Toronto and Bolton will be those those two that will do that for you. I can say that with supreme confidence. I'm going to be honest. I haven't looked at my team enough. I don't know if I can get rid of both of them. I know I can definitely get – I got I got to have the two trades. It's just going to yeah. be about what, what cash – like, am I going to end up trading out Bolton or Toronto and end up with someone worse? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll have to weigh that up. But definitely, at least one of them will be getting the uh, getting the the old hepo uh, from my team. Oh, is that is that a bit of a um, bit of a teaser as to who could be coming in? Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe who's going to march into my side? Oh, could it be a sainter in that Ooh, case? Could it? Yeah. Could it? Oh, let's. Uh, Hang on, let me see if there's anyone else I can do a little. <laughs> uh, could I be bringing in another man of steel? Oh, I don't know, but the cat's got my tongue. <laughs> oh, you're letting the cat out of the bag now, Liam. That's that. That was good. That was what I should have gone. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, let's move on to the next star uh, segment, which Ooh. is um, looking at the weekend that was uh, round not round. 20. Geez, the uh, the weeks are flying by now. Uh, mm. So let's discuss the hottest topics, players, and everything in between in the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to turn, Thursday, never looking back, it's Friday, I'm in love. Yes. Chaos reigned supreme this round, with a snap lockdown caught in Brisbane, leading to the rescheduling of a slew of games and flights from Brisbane to Melbourne about an hour before <laughs> lockdown started. Uh, luckily, we didn't see the cancellation of games, uh, and that obviously, luckily, didn't affect Supercoach finals. Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw um, Maxi Gorn put up on, I think it was Insta <laughs> or Twitter, yeah. like the photo of McDonald who was sitting next to you on the plane, like slept the entire ride. <laughs> He's like, you reckon I should wake him up and tell him? <laughs> I hope he didn't wake him up and he slept all the way back to like Melbourne. Back to Melbourne, yeah. And then he'd be like, oh, where are we? Are we here? Are we in Brisbane? Like, no, we're still on the tarmac, mate. We're still in Melbourne. We haven't left yet. 
Oh, I saw someone comment saying you should tell him he like uh, played a blinder and got concussed uh, in oh. like the last 90 seconds and like that's a good one you, you missed the best game of your life <laughs> but uh, that would have been a little bit cruel uh, uh, you know what there was one thing that did concern me though all of these games were moved from Saturday and you know some Sunday games to Sunday games which meant yeah. that there was what five games on Sunday bloody Sunday oh, no. big risk Big risk for Supercoach. Yeah. We think Sunday's are bad enough as they were. Like, couldn't get any worse. Actually, it did get worse. Yeah, actually, no, yeah, good point. Actually, Bolton and Taranto both played on Sunday. Yeah, so... Yeah. So it did, did go badly. Yeah, exactly. They they pretty much summed up the Sunday that was. But, uh, yeah, just in terms of it, I know we uh, we put out a tweet as well, just in light of, of when that announcement came to light about the snap lockdown and the potential for games to be moved and maybe even potentially cancelled. And I saw so many people on Twitter, and I'm, I'm just going to say, it's not 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 our good folk here at uh, Supercoach Ed's, not, not our community, they wouldn't do that. But just, just a reminder that, um, you know, I know we're all frustrated, and especially, you know, in weeks that have, have come to pass and I know players have missed due to COVID protocols and all that sort of thing, but... I don't like seeing the massive pile in to the the people behind the scenes at uh, at Supercoach HQ because you know they they're trying to you know come up with solutions on the fly and last second things and that extends also to AFL fantasy and I don't know how many people out there play both AFL fantasy and Supercoach mm-hmm. but um, to his credit uh, Warney or Warndog as um, you know people know him by one of the guys from the Traders or formerly of Dream Team Talk DT Talk he came out. And it was like, I reckon it was about 15 minutes after the announcement. And he came out with like a full on plan as like, if there were cancellations, they would have then gone to like play averages. Yeah. And like to his credit as well. But I mean, just <clears throat> as a whole, we're all in this together. So we're all impacted, I guess, if games are canceled. So we're just, just a bit of a kumbaya, I think. Let's just sit yeah. down, play the guitar down by the campfire and um, sing some kumbaya. Definitely. Yeah, it's not okay to to abuse the good folk at our super coach um, or AFL fantasy. It's only acceptable to uh, direct your <laughs> frustrations at the likes of Bolton and Taranto, and <laughs> but not directly. Not directly. Not direct. Not directly. Never Don't directly. inbox them. That shit is just, not uh, So just no. just do <laughs> no. it jokingly, like we are. Just form your own podcast, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then you can take the piss out of them in a super coach sense, not in a footballing sense. But no, super no, coach no. Sense. Bolton. I mean that mark, incredible. Incredible. Uh, it's great. I don't know. Hasn't, has he, sorry, that really should have thought of something. To say him. <laughs> good player. Yeah. He wish I great. had him. Wish, wish he played for Carlton. There we go. That's good. Yeah. There, there, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, now moving on, a fresh run of injury carnage has also hit with Langford returning for just one game only to be struck down with a fresh hamstring injury. Typical, typical, <laughs> terrible luck for those that held him. Luckily, Damon, that wasn't one of us. Well, neither of us did that. His uh, captain in Heppel was also uh, injured on the weekend and will miss this week and due to a thumb injury. Meanwhile, Heaney faces a test after sustaining a hand injury of his own. Mm. Could be could be trying times for those Heaney owners um, if he does miss mm. with, I guess, uh, I don't want to say inevitable injury, but yep. it kind of is with him. Yeah, well, it's we don't want to toot our own horn because we have been saying with Heaney, you know, when he dropped down to that really juicy price of, you know, he was almost, I think, was he under 300K or thereabouts anyways? Oh, I think he was just on, yeah, about 300. Yeah, and a lot of people jumped on him and fair enough too. But as we said, he comes with that really questionable 
injury history and bad durability. So if it does happen in finals, I feel sorry for those people that jumped on him, but... <laughs> anyway, uh, hopefully it doesn't happen. I think that's that's sort of the point that we like to make as well, though. Not yeah. that we like to tell you so. Uh, no, no, no. But, uh, that, you know, you've got to consider the player's durability as well when when talking about, when, like, picking these players. Yeah. Um, and if you do pick a player like Heaney, I think we discussed this as well, you want to hold a trade because at best you then have a spare trade up your sleeve. Yep. At worst, um, you, you, you've got the trade to use on him. When he, when he does break down. And just talking about that as well, I mean, another guy who we spoke about was Josh Kelly. And he, again, looked as though he rolled his ankle to some extent. Mm. And there's nothing really out there about whether or not he's going to using, you know, whether or not he's questionable, in doubt, yeah. all that sort of thing. But he's like another guy that, you know, he comes with awesome scoring ability. Uh, much like Heaney, I guess, but probably probably more so. But yeah. yeah, again, he comes with those durability questions, all those question marks over his head. So hopefully he continues to play. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, as you said, that's one of those things that you need to factor in. And yeah, it's just terrible luck, really. Definitely. But um, let's move on to the next segment. And uh, again, it's a bit of a twist. And it is The Price is Right. The Price is Wrong, bitch. Yes, in The Price is Right... We would normally run through the top buy, sell, hold, and wait options for this round of Supercoach. However, with the with the first round of finals in the bag and the second one upon us, we thought we'd run through, I guess, a few more options that may give you, dare I say it, the edge in the remaining rounds. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to work it in as many times as we can? Yeah, yeah just, just shameless self-promotion, even though people are already listening to the podcast, so it doesn't really make sense. That's true. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, we should have done it last episode. Like every time we mention it, just put like a little bit of a ding sound effect. I'll, I'll do <laughs> yeah, it. I'll, yeah, I'll have definitely. to add it in because I'll save me time in post. I'll just go ding. Uh, <laughs> please do. Please do. I'm going to try and do it as many times as I can. Uh, first up, let's have a bit of a chat about what to do depending on, I guess, what you're playing for. Obviously, if you're playing for overall rank, uh, now's the time to make some trades and take some risks, power up those rankings because... I mean, you got to go for broke. You got to uh, risk it for the biscuit, um, in it to win it, all that sort of jargon. Jargon, yeah. You got to get jargon. the edge on your opposition. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my my bell's already run out of. Uh, it's bell. He's already already on the on the flag here. But um, yeah, otherwise, yeah. So you're either playing for overall ranking, or I'd say probably with confidence, maybe the top fifteen are still in the running for the top spot thereabouts. Mm. Um, top twenty, maybe at a stretch. But yeah, outside of that, I think you're probably just playing for, you know, your best ranking overall. I think if you finish, as we mentioned in the top, what is it? 1,111? Is that, is it what it is? 1,111. Yeah. You get, well, last year you definitely got that, got the prize of a hat and some socks and stuff. Thanks to KFC. But um, yeah, so if you're aiming for that, I guess that's still a prize. Um, And if you're in the top 10, you still get prizes as well. I think it's cash money or thereabouts. So um, there's still some high stakes there if you're playing for overall, if you're in it. And if you're in our group, you get a Supercoach <gasps> edge ring. Exactly. And Supercoach championship ring. Not only that, we have a bit of a, a bit of a special promotion as well with regards to that, which we'll mention uh, at the end of the show. So tune in for that. Ooh. But uh, just to reiterate, obviously you're playing for overall. If you aren't in it overall, you're playing for league finals. And yeah. especially if you're in both of our um, boats, I guess, in uh, if you're in cash leagues and there's um, some money at stake. 
So in terms of league finals, there's two scenarios if you're still alive in your super coach league finals. The first one is that you have a week off this week after winning your qualifying final. In this case, you don't need to trade. So holding them is the most important thing heading into the prelims next weekend. And I mean, it speaks for itself. Be stupid to use it if you're not you know, in a head-to-head game um, because you know, even though you're not up against anyone, you can still sustain an injury or injuries. And uh, having that trade or trades up your sleeve to, I guess, amend those injuries and bring someone else in um, to get the edge ding, ding. of your opponent in the prelim. <laughs> what was your ding? It sounds like it's a bit half dead. Really <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you purchase your little bell from? <laughs> Franco Cozzo? I think he, I think he did you over there. I think you removed the little little bell. <laughs> And sold it to you at double Bloody the price. Bloody Franco. Seriously, I'll have a chat to him next week. Yeah. But um, the other scenario in your league finals is, um, yes, obviously, if you didn't win your qualifying final on the weekend, uh, you're obviously in a must-win matchup this weekend. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it's all about anticipating whether you're likely to get the win or if you'll lose. In this case, you may need to go all out. So, um, you know, go for broke. There's no point conserving trades and losing as a result. But having said that also, if you think this is just the other side of the coin and you can't always go by super coach projections because as we know, 100% don't, don't base it off that. As we know, they can, and especially if you've got the likes of Bolton and Taranto playing the last couple of games of the round, bring your projection down by hundred points or so. But I mean, (laughs) If you are projected and if you are confident that you're going to beat your opponent this week, you can also save a trade. If you're confident enough. Oh, yeah, that, definitely. That because, yeah, I mean, that, that comes with it, those obvious risks in it may backfire. But, yeah, you can still, if you're down to one trade, for example, and you think you are going to beat them, you know, maybe if you can, hold the trade at least halfway through the round, see how you're tracking and if yep. you're projected still to beat them or if you're confidently going to beat them without having to use that trade, keep it up your sleeve because going into the prelim final, you may need it. So that's mm. the other side of the coin as well. Definitely, definitely. I agree with that hardly. I think of the of the scenarios, um, being in a final this week is the most fraught with danger with what you do with your trades. Yeah. Um, and it's the most, it's the least straightforward, I think. With overall ranking, I just use the trades, to be perfectly honest. Uh, as you mentioned, um, if you're in the quali- if you've won your qualifying final and you're going straight to the prelim, don't trade this round. There's no point. Yeah. And if you are, yeah, playing finals this week or playing a final this week, then it's just sort of anticipating what's, what's going to happen. Um, but also, I'd almost go a little bit, I'd lean almost a little bit more towards the side of, using trades Um, just because as I said you don't want to conserve your trades and then end up out of finals and having no need for those trades I'd probably still if you can just looking I mean it doesn't help that Taranto plays first up if we're using him as an example we're giving an absolute whipping this episode and apologies Um, if you are tuning in on the off chance Timmy (laughs) I don't think he is but um, not all personal mate Um, but yeah I mean using him as an example wouldn't work because you know, he's obviously playing first up, but if there's some of the year not as confident in, say, for example, Heaney, he plays the last game on Saturday at the moment yeah, and not sure if he's going to play and say up until that game or before that game, it looks as though you're going to lose your matchup and it may hinge on, you know, Heaney playing. Then obviously, you know, you could use that trade to sideways Heaney to someone else that is going to play 
and give you that edge. So, you know, there are circumstances where you may need to use it because it's injury affected or whatever. But yeah, there is, you know, advantages there to wait at least partially through the round mm. in deciding whether or not you use him. But let's just go by the notion that you are going to use trades this week, Liam. Well, let's, let's run through, I think, the sell options first um, so that we can look at, I guess, the players that we would be considering selling um, first. Um, so if you've got these guys in your, in your, in your team still, um, these are the guys that we would probably advise to, to yeah, move on. And it probably comes as no surprise. First up, we've got Timmy Taranto, uh, 424.2K, averaging 94.7, break-even of 143, and an ownership of 26.1%. So to be honest, Timmy Taranto looks a shade of his former self. Um, in his past four games, he's gone 64, 94, 53, and 57. Unfortunately, he has suffered from a big drop in the CBAs, taking 11% and 7% in the last two weeks but also hasn't managed to lay a tackle in the last two weeks either, which have been a mainstay of his scoring prior to that. <sighs> On the flip side, the injury to Jacob Hopper that uh, we'll see him miss round 21 at this stage would see a return to CBAs, but also on the on the flip side of that, I guess, uh, with Coniglio's uh, imminent return, is it really worth holding him? Um, if he's not getting CBAs now, will Coniglio's return, I guess further um further take those cbas away from him i guess for me it's he's a trade at this stage i think there's too mm-hmm. much that hinges on him having to have a big score um i think one thing that i do have to note is that he seems to have picked up sort of a shoulder injury in the last couple of weeks which could explain i guess the the the, the lack of tackles in the last couple of weeks and potentially even that movement away from the cbas um, where they're trying to manage him in season. The other one to note as well is, and it's only come out about three hours ago, uh, courtesy of the Giants, and they have said that Tom Green has sustained a hamstring injury late in the game um, with mm. scans revealing a low-grade strain. So they said that he's going to miss at least two matches and then they're going to assess how his recovery is going after that. So that may be another, I guess, silver lining. Um, never like to you know, bask in someone's injury. But I mean, his uh, omission from the Giants engine room there could potentially allow uh, Taranto Mm. to come back in to the middle. So uh, wait and see there, I guess, um, in terms of team sheets with Canelio, you know, seeing if he comes back. If he comes back, then, you know, there's less chance. And if he doesn't come back, um, there's more chance. So I I think either way, uh, yeah, either way, given the fact that there are rumours over him sustaining an injury to his shoulder and that impacting his scoring, you could probably then say, regardless mm. whether or not he gets more CBAs, he's still going to struggle because, yeah, his tackling has been you know, a big part of his scoring and now it's, it's disappeared completely. So it's going to put a dent in his game like we have seen. So mm, I think there's merit in getting rid of him. Yeah, I personally would be moving him on. Yep. Moving on to another candidate, and it is Joe Danaher as a forward, coming in at 370.2K, averaging 76.5 with a break-even of 89 and an ownership of 25.4%, which is actually quite high. Uh, we'll, we're talking <laughs> about a pre-record of this episode and can't believe that he's actually still in that many teams. Yeah, yeah it's, it's strange to me. Very strange yeah. to me. 
And um, it is due to the fact that, like we've been saying all year, it is a risk holding on to key position players, especially key position forwards who will have a very volatile scoring pattern. And um, obviously because their scoring ties in with the form of their midfielders and the ability to obviously get the ball down into the forward line for them to uh, kick goals and obviously produce a half-decent score. And uh, even though he is managing a 76.5 across the year, uh, it's been six weeks since his last 100 and has only managed to go 90 or above six times this season. So, you know, he's not someone I'd be wanting to hold through my finals, but, uh, you know, I guess at his price, he's quite awkward in terms of who you're able to trade him to. Um, But, I mean, it could be be worse. Um, So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I think if you can, um, if you don't have Taranto and you do have a Danaher and you are facing an opponent in your league finals that uh, doesn't have him, he presents to me as someone that can really lose your final. And sideways trading him, there is merit in doing it, I think. What are your thoughts? Mm, I agree entirely. I think Joe Danaher is one that I'd be moving on. Um, the fact that he hasn't scored 106 weeks and he's only managed uh, 90 or above six times this season doesn't bode well for his his scoring for the rest of the season. I guess there's only, what, three games left? So, I mean, I don't see him going 90 or above too many times in that. Um, and as you said, it really could be quite devastating having someone like Danaher not produce a good score in a, in a do-or-die final as well. Uh, so I'd probably be... I'm definitely in the camp of moving him on if you can. Uh, but moving on, let's uh, talk about the other, I guess, burn boy of the of the round. <laughs> burn boy, I love that. <laughs> and that's uh, Shy Bolton, uh, forward mid, 395.2k, averaging 85.8, with a break-even of 138 and an ownership of 19.9%. Yes, yeah, so with Shy Bolton, it does seem that when Richmond are up and about, he's scoring well, but when they're not, his scoring is completely different. Since Richmond's bye, his scores have read as 44, 59, 84, 107, 42, 56, with that 107, surprisingly, coming in a win, considering... Yeah. Uh, the, the way his scoring has been and the rest obviously have been in losses. The 84 also came in a, in a relatively close loss yep. against uh, the Pies. But what I guess concerns me most is that other than on the weekend, his low scores have come with massive numbers of CBAs. He only had the 12% on the weekend for a return of 56, but prior to that he has had 40, 57, 78, 67 and 76%. And it just doesn't correlate with his with his super strong scoring necessarily. So I think he's another one that if you're able to, um, it's definitely worth moving on. Yeah. It, the only thing is, I guess, like Danaher, um, he comes into that awkward price yeah. point. He's, he's worth 25K more than Danaher, but still there aren't a real, I guess, depth of, uh, of good players in that price range that you can sideways to. You'd need money in the bank in order to do it or... Otherwise, uh, potentially use a second trade to fund it, which I wouldn't recommend doing. Um, I would prefer to, to sort of do a sideways if you're down to your last two trades. But there is someone that, um, that if you've got a little bit of cash in the bank, you might mm. be able to sideways too. And um, he uh, he is someone that we'll mention shortly. But let's move on. If you've got a fair bit of uh, money in the bank for someone in terms of the buy <laughs> options that heads up uh, the top of the list, and it is Rowan Marshall as a ruck forward priced 
at a, a hefty, I'm going to say hefty, uh, 509.9K, averaging 96.6 with a break-even of 19 and an ownership of just 8.7. Now, if we're comparing ownerships, I actually would say that I reckon Danaher would probably be around an 8.7 and he would he would actually yeah. have Danaher's ownership of 25.4. I feel like everyone I played on the weekend had him. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy. I don't know if we're playing just clued in coaches in our leagues mm. so if they just listen to our podcast potentially that would probably make sense but <laughs> yeah um but yeah just in terms of rowan marshall yes uh surprising with that ownership and uh for the saints rackman on the weekend it was a bit of a perfect storm because against carlton um first of all Ryder missed with injury so it left marshall to uh rock i guess solo and, and get a, a bulk of the uh the cbas there and uh second point he actually rucked against a solo TDK, Tom DeConning from Carlton. And then, nice little, uh, I guess, feather in his cap <laughs> to top it off. Cream on the uh, on the cake was TDK went down with injury and was subbed out. So it left him rocking against an undersized Jack Silvani. And at times, as you mentioned earlier, a Kennedy uh, to take the ruck contest, which was quite laughable. So um, no surprise there that he actually smashed out the big score they did on the weekend. Mm. But, uh, you know, he's not going to have that same luck week in, week out, obviously, but should be able to manage some strong scores for the rest of the year, um, especially if Ryder doesn't make his way back into the Saints lineup. And he also provides some good coverage with his DPP status and uh, is a sort of pod that you really want to be on at this time of year. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, one that I'm, I'm considering. Um, he might march his way into my side, as, as we alluded to before. Um, that might even give you the uh, the edge, Liam. Oh, ding! ding. <laughs> um, I really like him. I mean, I still keep going back to his injury history um, this season, which does concern me a little bit, but I don't know. Kind of gets to a point where you just got to go for it. It's kind of... I think he's in the similar boat to, to Hall. Like, Hall was... Yeah. You know, so much was drummed up about his questionable even though it was really in retrospect wasn't that bad but um yeah a lot of people were hesitant to bring him in mm. but his scoring dictated that you just needed to get him in and i think he's kind of in that same boat now and you must remember as well that uh, from memory anyway that the foot injury that he did have it was actually operated on so he had time for it to heal so you know mm. i mean there is a, a chance that he could do it again sure thing but it's not as if he you know sustained an injury had time off for it to heal and that was it. It was like operated on. So, I mean, chances of it happening again, you'd have to say were pretty slim. So yeah, I would I would definitely jump on him. Yeah, I, I'm pretty bullish on him. Um, I'd definitely be considering him. Now, moving on to our next option, it's uh, Cam Guthrie from, from Geelong, the midfield option, uh, 538.8K, averaging 112.9 with a break-even 54 and an ownership of 15%. Yes, another, I guess, I want to say a hefty option for most if, you, if you're having to sideways um, a player um, mm-hmm. or if you're trading out Taranto or, or Bolton, it's really a pretty big upgrade when you look at it yeah, um, very hefty price wise um, but he has been putting together a good run of scores in the last four weeks uh, with scores of 111 108 120 and 147 back to those right. those real 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 strong scores that we saw earlier in the season um, he's another cheap midfield option with a pretty reliable scoring history um, so it could be a great choice if you do have that cash to upgrade from the likes of Bolton or Taranto yeah I'm a big fan of him um 
and he's, he's a bargain at that price point, even yeah. though he is the heftiest of all the options that we're presenting. So if you're after a midfielder uh, in terms of if you're trading at a Toronto, for example, and you have a bit of cash up your sleeve, he is the number one candidate I would go for because as we know, the Cats are in sublime form. Duncan isn't there um, to really steal any, not that he really did, but I mean, he was a bit, bit part player for CBAs, but he's getting bulk CBAs now. And it looks as though he's actually working into a bit of form now. And mm. I think there was a question mark over him when he injured his shoulder had some time off, um, I think it was a couple of weeks, and then came back. Yeah. And now it seems as though he's um, he's back to normal form and back to full full health. Um, I think, yeah, had a few poor scores um, post that injury and then obviously probably affected by a bit of a change in role, but it looks like he's back into that midfield role that I uh, saw him as a, as a bit of a pod um, top six to eight mid earlier in the season. Um, so I think that it's definitely worth getting him in and at that at that price point it's a it's a very certain option for me it's surprising as well much must mention that on the weekend he only had 44 percent cbas which is actually Ooh. the lowest that he's had all year and yet he scored you know relatively well so um prior to that he's at 72 52 83 52 so it looks as though like there's a trend there like every second week he tends to get a bit of a rest from the engine room um so going by that current trend you'd probably think that it should bump up to around about 70 percent but with the uh, the man who shall not be named as head coach at the Cats. Who the hell knows? But, I mean, yeah, he's scoring. Uh, form line is great. So I think jump on him if you can. Now, this is the guy, Steel Sidebottom, as a mid-forward who we alluded to uh, earlier as someone that you could potentially sideways, if you've got a little bit of cash in the bank, a sideways, a Bolton too, because he is the cheapest of the options um, in terms of someone that... I think he's a little bit reliable um, and not so much of a risk. Now, um, yes, he comes in at 429.8K, averaging 88.7 with a break-even of 24 and an ownership of 10.1%. And that has grown over the past few weeks. And that has come off the back of a loss of pendles um, to the Pies engine room who sustained a broken leg, of course, out for the year. And uh, due to that, Saidi has had great opportunity in the midfield and you can see that with his CBAs in the last two weeks alone with uh, 59% and uh, growing on the weekend again to 62%. And that correlates with his scoring again over the past two rounds with 109 and 123. Must also mention that his DPP status is also quite handy uh, switching between the mid and forward line, especially if uh, if he uses up your last trade. Um, so that's also a bit of a, um, a nice cream on the cake, I guess you could call it there. <laughs> so uh, at his low price, he's a perfect swap for the likes of uh, either a Taranto or a Bolton. Um, so he ticks both of those boxes there. But his scoring instability, I guess, could be a concern. But again, with Pendles being out of Collingwood's engine room, with Robert Harvey as well, he's spoken a fair bit about Sidey um, being in the engine room and and something that needs that they need, I think, from week to week. He's the most senior of the, uh, the players in the middle for the pies. So I think he's going to be given uh, that chance to play out the rest of the season mm. in the engine room. So I think his scores should continue in that trend like it has over the past couple of weeks. What about you, Liam? What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that with the injury to Pendlebury, it does just provide him that more certain role in the pies midfield. Um, as, as we went through the, the CBAs, 
and his scores in the last couple of rounds since that that injury to Pendlebury, I really do think that it's 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 a good trend, and I think it'll be a trend that continues. Now let's move on to the last option, and it's a bit of a it's a very left field option. Mm. Um, I, I mean, it's a big risk. It's a it's still side bottoms teammate actually yeah. Trey Rusko uh, forward eligible 289k so very very low price averaging 50.3 with a break even of 26 and an ownership of just 0.7% and wow. some may say there's a good reason for that yes. um, this is a bargain basement option for those who are looking for one I don't know if you want want to get in if you want to trade out both Taranto and uh, and Bolton or, or Danaher this is going to this is going to trade, be a trade that uh, leaves you with some cash left over as well, if, if that's what you're looking for. Uh, his scoring has improved since he moved from the forward to the back line, with scores of 107, 66, and 80 in the last three weeks. He is wow. a very, very big risk, but if you are strapped for cash, he may be your only option. Um, I don't mind it. I think, as, as we sort of spoke about in the past few weeks and, and, and the discussion we had with Clem, those those couple of weeks back you really want to look at players who have a defined role change so it's sort of like the 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 change in role that Rioli had that saw him with that increase in scoring and the same 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 vibe I guess goes for for Rusco as well yeah and it, it ties in as well with Saidi we just mentioned exactly. as well like he's changed his role and that's the reason that's the correlation with his uptick in scoring. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the same applies to Rusko, even though he is, you know, relatively cheap and looks like he's a he's, he's you know that cheap for a reason because he's been shit. But in recent weeks, um, which is what you need to pay more attention to as opposed to the longer form side of things, mm. um, yeah, he's a, he's a risk. But, yeah, you might be painted into that corner to, um, you know, you can only afford him. And makes sense. Exactly, exactly. I think, I think he's probably one that you should only consider if you're looking for someone that you really need to downgrade to. Yep. Um, it's not one that I would be using as like my, my first option yeah. for a sideways. Um, and for, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just a bit, it's very risky. It's very risky. Yep. So let's move on, Damon. What are you, what are you doing this week? Yeah. What am I doing? Um, I'm sitting back and, and just fantasizing of what I would do if I had a couple of trades that I could use to punt couple of blokes in my team hey. but um no I'm, I'm just sitting back and i'm literally like pl- praying to the super coach gods that they just grant me some mercy and yes. um and the likes of uh taranto and bolton can produce some half decent scores because i need it in those do or die <laughs> matches that i've got Definitely. uh you know those leagues i have the second chance in um i i, I need it it's a do or die battle and I'm just praying. That's all I can do. What about yourself, Liam? I know you can actually, you've got your fate in your own hands. Yes, yes. I do have the two trades. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to talk in absolutes um, just because I don't know, you know, with COVID the way it is, mm-hmm. I don't want to say I'm going to do something in particular and then I don't know, something happened tomorrow and it's all changed. Yep. Uh, but also, you know, I change my mind quite a lot. So um, it could also just be purely the fact that I, I change my mind. Um, so I won't talk in absolutes, um, but probably there's two players that I'm really considering trading in, um, and that's Rowan Marshall and Steel Sidebottom. For Rowan Marshall, mm. I'm really going to have to trade down another player. So I may have to use a downgrade option. So use two trades to get Rowan Marshall in. So it would leave me most likely with either a Shea Bolton or a Tim Taranto. Um, at this stage, I'd probably hold Bolton um, and trade out Taranto. Um, but 
I'm not against the steel side bottom inclusion. Um, in that case, I may be able to do it, but I'd have to look at some more options um, for my for my second trade that uh, are, are better off than a, a Bolton or a Taranto, unfortunately. So that's that's I guess the key issue. Yeah, because um, Marshall is a bit of a at a hefty price, as we've been saying. Yeah. Would it mean that you need to trade? No, I can't do the single trade. Yep. Um, I'd have to trade. So, for instance. Let's just be a sideways trade yeah. as opposed to... So it'd be it'd like have a, to be a, a Josh upgrade. Dunkley, for example. To me to get... For a sideways, I have to trade out Josh Dunkley for a Ron Marshall, yep. which sort of negates the need of mm. what I, what, what what's best for my team. Yep. Assuming that uh, Dunkley gets back to his back to his best, I guess. Yeah. Um, if For me personally, I think at this stage, I'll probably hold Bolton and trade out Taranto. Um, I do really like Ron Marshall. He provides that ruck forward um, DPP status that yep. just will help me if there is any injuries to, God forbid, Grundy or Gorn. and just helps me with my team in general. I'll have a lot more DPP swings across the whole field as well. Um, still side bottom obviously also provides that, but it's not any cover for the rucks. So it's it's just, I guess, weighing up how I want to go about it. I'll have to play with my team a bit more, but if I was a betting man, uh, Rowan Marshall being in my side, um, by the end of next round or the end of this round uh, would be probably um, my best option. And it makes sense as well. He is the most, uh, well, not the most, but he is the second most, I should say, exactly. in form forward in super coach at the moment. So, I mean, you've got to, um, you've got to factor him in. That's for sure. And uh, he would be, if I had two trades, I, he would be top of my list followed by, um, I'd probably say Guthrie. And then mm. side bottom. Um, but side bottom, I guess, serves both of those purposes as a forward mid. So uh, probably Marshall, Sidey, equal with Guthrie, I think. Um, yeah, I think Guthrie and Sidey are equal to me. It's just their price tags that are... Sorry, yep. the price tag of Guthrie that sort of puts uh, him out. Yeah, yep. Because realistically, to get him in for a, for a Taranto, you're going to have to um, have over 100, uh, 114k in the bank. Yeah, which people won't have yeah i would have used that up already um but let's move on to the next segment where we talk about vcs el capitanos oh so let's do that now with i'm the captain now look at me i'm the captain now Yes, every week we'll be bringing you our top choices for the VC and the C. It seems like every week it gets creepier and creepier. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, we'll be discussing some of the key options and some that may even be a little left field. And before we start this chat, please, as we said um, in recent weeks, just check the fixture before the round starts because, <laughs> as we saw on the weekend, um, COVID can throw up curveballs. So, yep. um, you know, we've done our best here to look at the changes that have occurred already. Um, but it's constantly evolving, as we know. And at the time of recording, we're still missing some venue and time of game info. So keep that in mind um, when you're listening to our analysis, I guess. But uh, first up on the Friday night, it is Geelong v GWS at 7.50 p.m. at GMHBA Stadium. And it is Paddy Dangerfield. He's averaging in his last four against the Giants, 113.25 with scores of 83, 66, 108, and get this, 196. Oof. Absolutely killed it. But the other thing to note as well is in that season, it was back in 2017, his other 
game against the Giants that season was a 163. So he absolutely took them to the slaughter in that season. Um, but, I mean, it's obvious to see there why, uh, you know, his average is 113.25 and it has brought up those other shitful scores um, in his past four against them. But, I mean, he's in decent form apart from on the weekend when he, he did score the 88. Um, I wouldn't say he's at the top of my list, but uh, someone you could factor in first up because it's always nice to have a VC coming out and smashing it first mm. up and you don't have to worry about your captaincy uh, from then on out. But yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Liam? Yeah, I agree entirely. I think it's great having a having a VC on the, on the Friday night, but I just don't think that Dangerfield is at the top of my list, unfortunately. Uh, so let's move on, I guess, to the next the next game of the round. Carlton against the Suns, Saturday, one forty-five at Marvel Stadium. And first up, we got Sammy Walsh in that game, your boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. And his average in the last four is 97.5, and that's made up of scores of 89, 98, 123, and 80 in the last four. But, I mean, he is averaging 138.3 in his last three games and 142.2 in the last five. So it's uh, some some absolutely massive scores there. I think he could be in for a big one, to be honest, against the against the Suns. Yeah, I think he could be as well, and uh, I'm I'm hoping as well um, because he is still in Brownlow contention as well. So uh, it'll be amazing to see him do that. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he can sustain that form. But uh, I think yeah, being the second game of the round at the moment, anyway, before things change, if they do. Um, it might be a nice thing to put this VC on him. Uh, I've done it once before mm. and I might've mozzed him, but I'm awfully tempted to do it again, uh, considering he is facing the Suns at, especially as well, Marvel Stadium. Yeah, I think there's some, uh, there's some strong, strong form there. Um, I don't mind it. I really don't. The other player to factor in and uh, he's a weekly feature and it is uh, Tuk Tuk Miller <laughs> averaging in his last four 116.5 with scores of 132, 102, 110, and 122. And, uh, yeah, goes without saying, he has been, I think, probably the, one of the biggest revelations of the season. Definitely. And he's gone Definitely. up. He's uh, he's currently priced at 651. Just just to go through his meteoric meteoric rise in Supercoach, he's priced at 651.800, and he's actually 82.6K more than what uh, he started out in price. And um, he actually... Hasn't gone below a score of 100 since round five when he scored 96. Um, In fact, he's only gone over that stretch from round six to round 20. He's only gone below 115 once. And that was when he scored 107 uh, in round 14 against Port. So uh, apart from that, he's he scored 120 plus. So he is just he's, his ability to find the ball is just absolutely mm, insane. No, certainly. I, I don't think that the Carlton's going to tag him in any way. Um, they could potentially throw Kerno on him, but yeah, I reckon he'll just be left to his own devices, and and Carlton will have try and have confidence anyway in, in going head to head. If I was going to guess, so he should be in for a another big one and another captaincy score pushing up or upwards of 125 plus, I think. So if you do own him, he is someone that uh, that I would be uh, factoring in as a potential VC. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, moving on to the next game, it's Adelaide versus Port Adelaide in the showdown on Saturday night, 7.40 at Adelaide Oval. 
And in that game, I think the, the, the key player to consider is Rory Laird. His average in the last four is 101.25, and that's made up of scores of 125, 82, 198. And, uh, I mean, that 125 was from earlier in the year, and he has had a good run of form with an average of 128 in the last three and 127.2 in his last five. And so I think that's it's, it's dragged up by, by a big score a couple of rounds ago. Um, but I do think that he's an he's a decent option um, for a VC if you can afford it that early in the round. Yeah, he's in ripping form, and uh, he's another guy that just has the ability to find the ball at will and just rack them up, um, easy possessions. Um, but yeah, he, he is someone that uh, I haven't put the VC on all season, but uh, someone that I will be looking at in um, mm. the all-important showdown against Port Adelaide. So. Someone to look at for sure. The next game is St Kilda v Sydney on Saturday at 7.40pm at Marvel Stadium. And it is Jack Steele again uh, under the spotlight, uh, for me anyway, um, as an owner. And his average in his last four is 107.75 against the Swans with scores of 140, 129, a 98 and a 64. And that 140 came from earlier in the season. Yes. And on the weekend, uh, as I said earlier, he was my VC first up with yeah, a score of one. 58 and um, the good thing about him like we bang on about is despite the fact that he does get tagged he still has that ability of being able to lay bulk tackles and in the past two weeks alone he has laid 27 tackles that is is not a a, a misprint that is 27 tackles he laid 13 tackles against the eagles uh, where he was held to only 18 disposals and he scored 109 and then on the weekend against my mob in Carlton, he laid 14 tackles and he was left to his own devices um, to have 36 disposals. So he is someone you can really hang your hat on uh, with confidence when it comes to your VC or your C. And for me, he is at the top of my list, I think, in terms of uh, vice captaincy or the captain. So he could be the captain now for me. Yes, I, I like it. I like it a lot, to be honest. Um, if I had him, he would be in that. Yeah, he'd be in my captaincy or vice captaincy considerations, playing on that Saturday night. Now moving on to Sunday, we've got Hawthorne against Collingwood at two ten at University of Tasmania Stadium. First up, we've got Tom Mitchell averaging in his last four one hundred and forty three point seven five, with scores of one twenty two, one sixty seven, one fifty eight, and one twenty eight against the Pies. I mean. I just think that 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 line of scoring really speaks for itself. Yeah. Um, and I think he could be in for another big one um, this round. He's, he's had a few big scores in the recent rounds as well, so I wouldn't be against using him as your captaincy option. It's been spoken about a fair bit his form against the Pies, anyway. Most famously, when you know Buckley was asked about it in a couple of his press conferences, and he said that. Um, he was happy to leave him to his own devices because he wasn't damaging or words to that mm. effect. So um, that's the reason why he has a, you know, an absolute day out against the Pies um, in recent times. So, yeah, I think that, as he said, that average speaks for itself. So if you do own him, he should be at the top of your list, goes without saying. And moving on to Brody Grundy, who averages in his last four, 109.75 with scores of 107, 145, 95 and 92. And... I guess going by those scores, they aren't too appealing. But remember, he is most likely coming up against rookie Ruckman Reeves, uh, the man of steel himself um, <laughs> in Reeves. Um, but 
I mean, I think we spoke about Grundy having a day out against, uh, was it Gold yeah. Coast potentially? And he didn't. Yeah, so, I think it was Gold Coast. Yeah, you can't uh, really hang your hat on that either. But, um, yeah, I, I think as someone, that if, you, if you're lacking any, I guess, options, you can factor him in. But for me, I don't think I would be able to choose him with confidence. Even though he did all right in the weekend, didn't he? He did. He did do it quite well. I think he scored 110. Yep. Um, off the top of my head. So he did go well. I mean, I don't know. We've also looked at the past few weeks. Um, he's had good favourable scoring history against the sides and hasn't mm. hasn't produced um, captain-worthy scores. So I think personally I would lean against it. Um, just yep. just let him, let him play as, as a player on your side as opposed to having the armband of the VC or the C uh, personally. Yep. Um, but yeah, moving on to the next game. It's the Bulldogs against Essendon on Sunday at 3.20 at Marvel. Um, this this game could be a game with a lot of big scores, to be honest. Yeah. Um, there's some very super coach worthy names, I guess, in contention this game. First up, we've got Marcus Pontempelli. His average in the last four against the Dons isn't, isn't that great, to be honest. Uh, hasn't had massive scores. No. And that's 110.75. And that scores of 105, 99, 116, and 123. None mm. of which are really captains worthy. Um, no. There's no fear of the tag with Bont um, from the Dons. No one's going to no one's gonna be accountable to Bont and Pally, to be honest, um, which uh, I won't give you my thoughts because that's a long and arduous <laughs> journey there. Uh, but I don't know. I think the scoring history, which actually does surprise me a little bit, yeah. doesn't lend himself to being a captain. And his scoring in the past few weeks also doesn't lend himself to being captain. No. no, especially on the weekend. He had a bit of... Finally, you had a downer um, and probably one game where he's not going to poll in the brown though either. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he had a complete downer. I think he scored a goal late to try and salvage, uh, I wouldn't even call it a respectable score. He only scored 87 on the weekend. But if he's probably someone that we uh, we probably could have spoken about, I guess, if you had the money uh, just in the talking about trades and stuff. He dropped another 20.7K on the weekend. And he's priced at 582 and he's, uh, his break-even is 128, which is, of course, um, quite achievable for Bont. But, um, yeah, I mean, going by that, I'm quite surprised. I thought he would have been one that regularly has a day out against the Dons. I would have thought so too. But I do know. I really would have. Yeah. I do know there is another um, another guy who's a teammate of his that does have a day out yes. against the Dons. And it is Jack McRae averaging in his last four 120 with scores of 112, 137, 131, and 100. So I think for me, he is someone that uh, I would be confident in hanging my captaincy hat on or at least um, VC. So, um, yeah, I think uh, a lot of people have McRae. Um, having said that, Bont, um, can you really go against him? He, he just uh, he's, he's able to score quite well, yeah. even if he is having a downer. So, um I was surprised actually on the weekend that uh, he still wasn't able to score around the 100, just talking about Bont there. But McRae, uh, he finds the ball at will. One of those guys that uh, he's just always buzzing around. And uh, and I don't know what it is, but he just is in the right places, I think, even though he is paid a bit of attention by opponents and stuff. So, yeah, he is someone that, uh, that I don't mind. Yes, moving on, we've got Darcy Parrish. His average in the last four is 76.25 with scores of 94, 59, 84, and 68. Now, I probably wouldn't consider that 
past form as any indicator of his of his performance this weekend. Um, just purely based off the fact that that he's changed his role completely yeah. uh, since since scoring those scores. Um, but the big fear I have is with the Bulldogs midfield being so strong, will he be able to score and get the clearances at will like he has been? Yeah. Uh, in in I guess on the weekend to an extent and in recent weeks um, before that, so I probably wouldn't be leaning towards him as my captain's option, um, just purely based off the fact that I don't know how he's going to go. Um, mm. I don't think he's going to be tagged, but it's more so: will there be enough points, I guess, available in that game that makes yeah. him a worthy um, option? Mm, that's a really really good point, actually, um, because yeah, there's what is it thirty three hundred points dished out every game and seems like a lot, but when you have the likes of Bond, McRae, yeah. Merritt, um, Dunkley, if he gets back in Dunkley, form, yeah. um, Trelaw, if he makes his way back into the side. Yeah. Even um, Daniel. Yeah. Daniel, uh, who is uh, Dale, Dale Ridley. Yeah. 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 There's, there's quite Stringer. a few <laughs> string. Yeah. No, no, it's true. Stringer. I mean, Stringer's a, been going well. I mean, I don't think he'll yeah. go well. He definitely plays well against the doggies. So in general, like it's just, yeah. it's just something to consider, I guess is, is these, these big names and just, just, yeah, keep that in mind. Uh, and we spoke about one of those big names and it is Zach Merritt averaging in his last four, 83 um, with scores of 96, 116 and then a 53 and a 64. And it's a bit of a surprise with Merritt because I thought he might've been one that uh, has a half decent history against the, uh, the dogs, but yeah. uh, like we mentioned, really, really strong uh, engine room for the dogs. So, uh, you know, it shows that he does, I guess, struggle and he doesn't have a bit of a day out. So, I probably would avoid him given that, even though he uh, did bounce back on the weekend with the 168. Mm. So um, I don't think he's going to be scoring in that uh, that league no. on the weekend. No, I don't think so either. Um, it is interesting to note though that 116 came in the game off memory where the Bulldogs kicked like 20 goals in a row or something. Um, oh, so it was yes. stupid. So he did score well in a game where the, the Dons really stunk it up. Uh, but... I'm with you. I just think that there's too many options in the midfield and too many options that are going to be taking points away from each other uh, in this game. So that's my big fear Um, and probably a game I would avoid um, putting a a VC or C on. I don't think they're going to have bad scores. I just don't know whether they're going to have those upper echelon of of scores from all those players especially. Um, Moving on to the next game, Fremantle versus Brisbane at 5.10 at Optus Stadium. Uh, this in this game we've got Jared Lyons whose average in his last four against the Dockers is 121 and that scores of 145, 92, 109 and 138 uh, he's not a bad option I don't mind it obviously playing late on that Sunday with his scoring in recent rounds it's been a bit up and down um, I'm not sold on him being a, a surefire captain and I probably wouldn't want to risk it on him yep totally agree uh, moving on to the, uh, I guess, last game. It yeah. is West Coast against the D's, and it is on a Monday, surprisingly, um, at uh, Optus Stadium at 8.10 p.m. And Maxi Gorn is uh, is one of two big options here to consider. His average in his last four against them is um, 132.5 with scores of 98, 144, 132, and 156, which I must say is quite surprising. I thought he may have, um, you know, Met his match when it comes to uh, Nick Nat Paddywhack. I think maybe, maybe if I was to guess, I would say probably around the ground, Gorn may be more dominant because looking at Nick Nat, 
he's, I guess, one deficiency in his game is his marking, whereas with Gorn, he's a really great mark. So if I was to guess, that, that probably is one part of the uh, his game that he does um, have the wood over Nick Nat on. Um, but yeah, with a, an average in his last four of 132.5, uh, he factors in as a very decent mm. captaincy option. Definitely, definitely. I quite like that. Um, that that choice there um moving on we've also got clayton oliver averaging the last four of 111.75 with scores of 99 115 140 and 93 i don't think you can discount him based off based off that he has had some pretty good scoring in recent weeks um and obviously playing in that last game is a a real hail mary option um if you're if your round's not looking too great um but i don't know 111.75 111.75 the recent recent form against against the the Eagles does have me a little bit concerned. Yeah, and the one query as well I have on him is potentially uh Hutchings going to him and yeah, tagging him. Um potentially maybe. Um I think Hutchings was the sub I think he was against the Pies, but yeah, if he if he does get named, I would be worried about him potentially putting a bit of a bit of a tag on the uh, the fantasy or super coach pig as we like to call him. Mm. Um, so if I was to compare the pair here between Gorn and Oliver, I'd probably go with Gorn, especially coming off the back of a, a decent game of 138 on the weekend. Um, mind you, having said that, Oliver scored 166. So it does <laughs> muddy the waters a little bit in terms of trying to choose between the two. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, both great options. So yeah. Liam, who are we both going with? What about, what are you doing? Yeah, I think at this stage, I'm going to chuck the VC on Sammy Walsh. Walshy? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I think, I don't know, it's a risk. But I, I don't mind it. I think I, I do quite like what he, like like the opportunity that he's going to have in that, in that game. I think, as you said, they're giving up a lot of points against midfielders. I just think he's going to have a, have a, have a really big game. I don't think he's going to be tagged in that game either. I'd probably move on to the C. I know I said that I probably would avoid players in the Bulldogs-Essendon game, but Jack McRae just is a solid option. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm sort of looking for with my captain. I want someone that's just, you know, reliable. And I think mm-hmm. he presents that. I think he's the one that's least likely to be affected by the other players in yep. that game. Um, I think Merritt and Parrish are more likely to be um, affected than McRae and Bont. I don't know, Bont just has been down in recent weeks so potentially is um is is in a similar boat there um and then i guess max gorn is just i don't know the 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 factor of luke jackson and nick nat being in that game um sort of concerns me a little bit and it's a very late option as well yeah no i um i think for me i am i am considering strongly considering um, my boy Walshy <laughs> with the VC and it's probably something that we haven't spoken about as well which we should touch on just briefly and it comes down to league finals and your opponents yeah. and if you're thinking you're going to struggle or if you're projected to lose um, it may, may be like or if you're one point of difference if you have a team that's very similar to each other the one point of difference that you can use is obviously taking a bit of a risk with the VC compared to your opponent and I think Walshy presents a bit more of a risk and a bit of a mm. left field option compared to vanilla options like we spoke of, like a, a Steel or a, or a McRae or one of those guys who have a you know a decent average, um, historical average against the team that they're playing this weekend. So 
I may just do that in putting the uh, the VC on a bit more of a riskier option um, as opposed to putting the VC on someone like a steel who presents to me, like I said, a bit of a, a safe option. So I may do that just to try and get the edge because I can still see steel putting up a really good score because um, considering he, you know, I can see with yeah. recent, recent form line against Sydney, he scored 140 at the, um, I guess, start of the season. So um, I'll be taking the risk with, I think, Walshy into Steel. Otherwise, it would be a VC if I was playing it safe, a VC on Steel. And then if that doesn't pay off, putting the C on a McRae or even a um, even a Gorn. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a good option. I think one thing to consider as well is, especially as you said for league finals, is holding off if you can go with an early VC, and then watch what your watch watch what if you do take that risky option of like a of a um, I don't know um, a Walsh or a Laird for instance, um, and your opponent goes for a Jack Steele and Jack Steele absolutely smashes it, then it's not a bad option to maybe hold off and and go for a Gorn as a bit of a hail mary at the end of the round. Yep, even if. Walsh makes that 125, maybe makes 126, 127. Maybe it's worth, I don't know, breaking the super coach rule of 125. Yep. If it's a bit of a Hail Mary to make sure you make those finals by putting it on someone else that might go that little bit bigger. Mm, very, very good point, actually. Yeah, it's, uh, it's those little insights and, and uh, tactics that can uh, potentially get you the edge. Ding! <laughs> and with that let's move on to the uh return of a segment which we haven't had in a couple of weeks because i mean it goes without saying a lot of people are dropping off their interests are waning if they didn't make super coach finals or they have um unfortunately bombed out but thank you again to those people who are tuning in but it is the segment segment number five as you like to call it and it is i got to know hey i got to know Yes, and I got to know we answer your burning questions for this round of Supercoach. First up, we've got from Twitter, Blackie White at Blackie underscore White. Is trading in Marshall a good defensive trade to cover an opponent who has him? Damon, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I actually don't mind the tactic if it means you're negating a key strength of your opponent's team. Also, it really depends who you're trading out for him. Um, you know, you need to factor that that in. I imagine you're trading uh, someone that is projected to have a bit of a downer this weekend, um, and it is going to give you the edge um, both this week and for the remaining weeks going forward into Supercoach Finals. If it's an upgrade in itself, you know, it goes without saying, it's well worth doing. Um, he won't have the luxury, as we said, of rucking against a non-ruckman <laughs> like he did on the weekend when he rucked against uh, Jack Silvani when TDK went down injured and Ryder could be back to ruin his scoring upside also. But there is no doubting that he is the second most informed forward in Supercoach at the moment with a three-game average of 126.7, only behind Danger with 129. What do you reckon, Liam? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's, it's really about who you're trading out. Um, and not just being sucked in by, I guess, the, the most recent score of, of 158. I mean, he has had scores of in the last four, 100, 95, 127, and 158. So they're not poor scores by any stretch, especially for a forward. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you a little bit. You've got to uh, consider that and consider he's not going to have the, the absolute day out and all the stars aligning for him as did on the weekend. Yeah. Um, he does come up against Sydney, Geelong, and then Fremantle. Uh, Sydney, obviously, against Tom Hickey, Geelong, uh, Dree Stanley, 
Yep. Is he playing currently? I don't know. Yeah, he is, um, yeah. And then obviously Frio would be against Sean Darcy. Um, so, I mean, no, none of those are, I mean, other than probably Geelong, um, both of those are probably tougher matchups um, than, than we would have thought. You should probably factor in as well about the pod. Like his ownership's only 8.7%. So that can help you not only this week, but going forward as well, because chances are, given that ownership is so low, chances of your future opponents having him uh, are pretty, pretty small. Yeah, exactly. And I think also if, if you're using him as a defensive trade um, to cover an opponent who has him, it's not a bad option as well, just because you are then also negating the fact that he is a pod this yep. week and then potentially getting the advantage of him being a pod in week, in future weeks. So it's sort of a, a double, a double. Mm, double-edged sword. Yeah. So our verdict on that is do it. Yeah, pretty much. Do it. Yep. Yep. Uh, next question was sent in by a uh, regular here. Um, thanks again for tuning in. Sam Kent at Sam Kent 1997. And he asks, Danaher to side bottom for my last trade. Should I do it? Got cover on every line with 80K in the bank. And uh, I must say, I like it. Um, you know, we kind of uh, showed our cards when we spoke about both of them in um, previous segments. He's getting a bulk of CBAs with Pendles out and there is a clear correlation with the uptick in his scoring. Danaher, as we spoke about uh, isn't someone you can rely on for a consistent score. He could smash out a 100-plus score this round, no doubt. But conversely, he could also deliver a spud sub-50 score. So Sidey is someone you can hang your hat on, especially in recent weeks. And that's the form line to go off. So for me, do it for sure. It's a yes from me. Simple. Done and done. Simple, simple. I think it's there's too much upside on that trade to not to not do it. Um, yes, you're using your last trade, but I think it's it's well worth it, assuming that you're going for overall or you're going for a league final this round. Um, I think it's definitely worth it in the in the long run. <laughs> uh, the next uh, question was sent in by um, a good friend of ours, uh, Jason, Jason Pudula. Um, he is coaching the uh, Sumatran Tiger. It was Sumatran Tigers. I don't know if it's one, if it's a collective or if it's a, um, (laughs) if it's just a single tiger. Yeah. If he is the Sumatran Tiger, I think it is Tiger actually. Um, Thank you, Jason. He asks, what are your goals for the rest of the season? Um, For myself uh, with overall well and truly out of the question, as it was quite some time ago, (laughs) I must say my attention turns to league finals. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Particularly cash leagues. As mentioned earlier, I am in one prelim and three semis. So my micro goals, I guess, are to win those semis this week and then win a spot into the grand finals. Macro goals um, are obviously to win my leagues and earn some cash finally. But uh, I guess summing that up, in other words, taking it one week at a time, Liam. (laughs) It's as bad as saying we're giving them the edge. (laughs) <laughs> Ding, you said it to the counts. <laughs> In terms of ranking goals, uh, since 2014, I have had an average finishing rank of 7,338. Um, but if I was to discount, I probably shouldn't do this, but I don't like 2020 given the uh, <laughs> the impact that COVID yeah, did, did have on a lot of people. But if I do discount the horrible 2020 rank of 18,000, just blew out 18,732 as it's, um, I see it more as an anomaly compared to my, you know, norm, uh, factoring in the COVID season, my average rank comes down to 5,439, which probably plays more into how I'm performing this season. Um, so I am on track and fingers crossed, I can hold my spot inside the top 5k, 
But the goal is to squeeze, if I can, somehow into the top 2K. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I, I think I'm probably up against it. Injuries, suspensions, something's going to be a curveball to, to come my way that's going to scuttle everything. But if I can just maintain my current average, I'll be happy with that. What about yourself, Liam? Yes, for me, my focus is entirely on league finals. Now, the past few weeks of uh, some, uh, you know, poor performances, I'll, I'll call it out for what it is, have uh, meant that I'll struggle to be able to finish in a in a strong spot, I guess. Ultimately, I'd like to hold my position and not to continue to fall week on week. So I guess across the last three seasons, I've had an average finishing rank of 6,414th uh, with finishes of 10,442nd, 8,802nd and a 90 sorry, and 933 last season. So obviously, before the season, my aim was to, I guess, continue that trend of just continually getting smaller and smaller numbers as my finishing rank. Uh, but that looks well and truly out of out of the realms of possibility this season. So if I can finish in that, yeah, top, top 5K, I'll be quite happy. And in the top 2K, um, I'll be even more happy. I think that's probably really pushing it from this part of the season. Uh, but playing in the semis this week, obviously my goal is just to get into those prelims and the grand final, uh, potentially in both of those cash leagues to make some uh, make some good money. Yeah, and you're still alive in one of uh, one of my two, or well, in both of my cash yes. leagues, but uh, unfortunately I've actually bombed out of one of mine already, uh, the $50 one, um, but uh, still clinging on to the, uh, the $100 one. Unfortunately, um, one of those uh, matches that I spoke of in the... Uh, the opener when I was talking about my team uh, was one where I had to face someone that scored 2,700. So hopefully yeah. I can um, butter up and atone much sure like yourself, you but hopefully you can take out the 50 50- league so i'm yes. barking for you hard there thank you thank you <laughs> you're my second favorite team in the hundred. Oh, woo! <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's as nice as i can be until yep. i bomb out yeah uh, i hope i hope we both make it to the grand final and then it's at Imagine least that. that's nice that's nice yeah then we can really like oh, we can do our own little grand final parade yeah our virtual parade <laughs> <laughs> give people a tune can, in can we get can we get some toyota to sponsor us and we'll go down the uh go down uh, Wellington Parade. Yeah, exactly. And we're like the sunnies and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, wave out to our adoring fans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wave out to Amper and JP and, and a few others and Jason and a few others out there that have uh, been regular listeners. And, yes, um, we thank them for that. Yes, yes, we do thank them. Um, but moving on to our... There's going to be no change here, but someone as well that uh, is, a, is an avid listener. And I must mention as well, we didn't we didn't uh, point it out, but the question from the outset by uh, Blackie Blackie White, yeah, is this the man who is leading? I think it is. I think it Arthur. is. Arthur, is it Arthur? It's Arthur. Because our Super Coach Group rankings. Let's first of all go through the uh, the round twenty highest scorer, and it was Aaron uh, with the team Army Ducks, and his score unbelievably here I was complaining about someone uh, scoring 2,700 that I faced in leagues. He scored 2,890 and was ranked 13th for the round. And he is now ranked 2,596 overall. I can imagine he would have jumped up the ranks with that sort of score. Yeah, that would have been a big, big jump. I'd say massive, um, absolutely massive, but let's, let's move on to the carryover overall leader, hmm. Damon, which is the man you speak of, the man you speak of, Arthur of black and white and seemingly, with his Twitter handle at Blackie underscore White. Yeah, if if it is you, if it is you, Blackie, can you just uh, just let us know on on Twitter? 
just uh, to make sure we're not referencing someone else. <laughs> giving you credit, giving someone else credit for your yeah. for your very very fine work with uh, the 13th round in a row in the top spot in the in the super coach edge group <laughs> rankings. His overall leader total score is 46,197th. Um, and he's risen again from 8th to 6th with a score of 2665. Damon, what about second place though? Oh. Don't tell me we'll put the moz on on poor Arthur because Thomas with his team dyslexia, I was going to say United, <laughs> dyslexia <laughs> untied. Does that make, make me dyslexic? Because I don't know. Uh, he is coming home strong. He's come from 27th to 17th this round and he's only 215 points behind Arthur. Could he do it? Three rounds is possible. I mean, look yeah. what happened with us. It took me one round. To, to, yeah, to took, like, you, took you two rounds. Took you two rounds. Give me some <laughs> credit. <laughs> one, one round to, to make up 200 odd points though. I yeah, must, I yeah, must say. I will say that. Yeah. But, but two rounds to get within 10 points. So, yeah. I mean, I time mean, is could on. Could be a real big, strong finish there. What an upset. That would be the biggest upset as well because mm. Arthur, as we have been saying, it's been at the top spot. 13 rounds. Deserves it. Goes without saying. But um, yeah, I mean, he's maybe he's just made a little bit spicier mm. just to make it interesting for us punters uh, sitting back and watching. It is. It is. This could be, um, this could be one of the, the start of a finishes. new rivalry. Yeah. This could be an all time finish. It could be. It could be. Of the likes of, I don't know, Jalog and Hawthorne. Yeah. But moving on, I mean, it's becoming hilarious that we say this every week, but if you want to join our super coach edge group <laughs> rankings, you can still do so. Via the group code seven nine eight two nine six and Liam, what do they what do they end up with? They get they get their hands on on a Supercoach Championship ring from the from the legends at Supercoach Championship rings, mm. and they also get I mean just the the ultimate bragging rights, of course, because they've uh, they've they've taken out the top of the league, and. We'll have a bit of a chat to them in the final podcast of the season. We'll ask them, you know, a few questions about their season, get to find more about, pick their brain about what happened this season and just, you know, get to know a bit more about about potentially Arthur of Black and White. Yeah. And just on those uh, those good friends at uh, Supercoach Champion Rings, uh, you can find them on Twitter at SCRings underscore. They have extended a nice little juicy offer to Ooh. our followers and listeners to you fine folk out there, they have offered an exclusive 10% off the purchase of their range of Supercoach Bling. And better yet, it comes with free express shipping. Oh, very nice. Gee whiz. You can't say no to that now. What better way to celebrate your leagues? If you're not giving out cash to the winner, why not give out a nice little bling? Or hear me out. Just buy it for yourself. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I really want one. I really want one. So well, you know what? I don't have to win anything. I'll just, just buy one for myself. I'm, I'm glad that uh, that I actually am the holder of the super coach ring that we're handing out to, whether it be yeah. Arthur or someone else in our group rankings, because no doubt you'd be out and about wearing it. I'd be wearing you? it. Yeah, of you course. Would. Of course so I would. If you want to take advantage of this offer, head to supercoachchampion.com and you can use the discount code SCEDGE and you will get just a... 10% off as you enter that code. Franco would be proud. Frank Franco would be really proud. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, when I saw, speaking of Franco, I saw him the other day, 
Not only did he wear one of these rings, oh. he looked like Tom Brady. He had like a full hands worth. I mean, he's he's a renowned super coacher. He is a he renowned is. super coach. He is, and he he actually loves the bling that is on offer <laughs> with super coach rings. So um, no surprise there. But um, that brings us to the very end of our episode, Liam. Before we head off, uh, where can our listeners find us on socials? Yes, you can find us on Twitter at, at supercoach underscore edge or Damon at, at DamonJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. Just uh, send us a message or, I don't know, tweet us if you have any questions at all. We'll be more than happy to answer, answer those questions. Uh, on Facebook and Insta, if you search Supercoach Edge, you'll find us there. We um, have heaps of um, cool content running on both of those channels and email if you want to i don't know send us an email some fan mail preferably uh, afl supercoach edge at gmail.com and yeah reach out to us there well, that's it well uh heading into the weekend all the very best to those of you out there who are still alive in your supercoach league finals and uh are in your semi-finals for those of you out there in that do or die battle yes uh, but for those of you who have the week off because you're now in a prelim enjoy it and for those who unfortunately met their um, their swift supercoach demise in elimination finals last week, commiserations. But um, be sure to uh, to tune in, and um, I guess yeah, hopefully you're still along for the ride with us because Definitely. we're still going strong, and we're going to be there until the very very end, Liam. Yes, we are. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.